Hey, Gwen, how you doing? I'm doing good, man. How are you? It's been a while. It's been a while. Yeah, yeah you know, as good as I suppose anyone's doing. How about you? Oh, oh yeah. Um, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, mixed bag. <laughs> yeah. the, cor- the days of the coronavirus were all, you know, good as relative. Pretty much. But there are video game things still happening, which is normally when you have to throw up the dialogue box symbol and we oh assemble my God. <laughs> to discuss. There are so many video games things happening because there's so many people playing games right now. Like... Uh, their sales are up across the board in video games. Yeah. Everyone's stuck inside. It's kind of crazy. Like I was so, the thing I saw that's going to lead me on to talking about it is, did you see that uh, Travis Scott concert they did in Fortnite? I know that it happened. Like it's been on my feed. I know that there's like a new part of Fortnite that's just for hanging out now. Yeah. Party Royale mode. Which is yeah. like the 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 Travis Scott thing was kind of the kickoff of this new mode, and it was like so it it began and they were like it's gonna be a concert which was like a bit more ambitious than they normally are about like events that happen in the game like I don't think they've gone as full or at least to the amount that I saw people talking about how this isn't really gonna be a concert. This isn't going to be a real thing because it's not live, right? Like Travis Scott right. isn't really there live because it's a video game. So he's not just going to be there like with a motion captured mouth like moving. But No, but but I mean, what it brings you to is something that um, there's a thing that we've lost over time, which is the idea that you have to. That, that thing when I was in school, when I'd run home to go catch the latest episode because I wanted to see it when it came out. Yeah. We, we don't have that anymore. That that idea that the thing happens at a certain time and place, like that's gone in our society. Everything's re- recorded and you can watch you can watch content like TV anytime you want. It's recorded. You can watch it later. You know, TiVo destroyed that kind of sense of, uh, that, that sense of needing to be at a place at a time. <clears throat> and I think like... Um, Live TV, like Twitch, has kind of brought that back a little bit. And I think Fortnite's bringing that back with, yes, this was a pre-recorded concert. But you can only watch it in this point in time. And you can watch it with all of your friends. And everybody else in the world will be watching in that point in time, too. And, and so it brings that kind of social element into it, which I think is interesting. Yeah, it was super cool. It, it literally, like you say, it only happened for like five times or something in total that you could kind of jump in and watch it like obviously people i saw it because people recorded it but it's not the same experience as like actually moving your character around yourself Mm -hmm. and it was real good like even just the video that i watched i was like wow they (laughs) like they did they took the idea of how could we do a music video but like you're a character in a video game watching it to the well to the epic money degree and it was it was it was real good like i just watched it was like oh yeah okay if this is what you're planning on doing with because i didn't see the dead mouse thing that happened like a few days ago but like if this is like an indicator of what they want to do super cool yeah i mean in general i think they've leaned really uh they're hitting a lot of things socially that i think we need in society right now like a way to hang out virtually um without i mean i think vr could have done it better but we don't have ubiquitous vr whereas everybody can get into fortnite fortnite's on your phone for free right 
So the ability to hang out virtually and have a thing that you're doing, like a task that you're kind of doing, but really you're just kind of hanging out with your friends while you do that task. They, Epic has been great at capitalizing on that. And I think the idea of a thing happening at a point in time that you can possibly miss is so critical. And it's something we've been missing from media in general mm. for a while. And it's so nice to see them bringing that back. Um, world events in World of Warcraft were like that too. Or, yeah. Um, but I mean, even that would happen over a, a period of time. So yeah, I think it's brilliant. I think they've, they've leaned into, um, and I think what they're doing is good for like the world. Mm. <laughs> In I a mean, way. Yeah. Like they did a, a tweet the other day to like say, here's, here's the, here's going to be a performance for the party Royale premiere. Oh, also, by the way, we now have 350 million registered players and <laughs> and players have spent over 3.2 billion hours in game just in April. <laughs> I can't even wrap wow, I can't even wrap my mind around that number. Like I can't picture that. That number is you know how when something is too big it stops mm. being real. It's like a statistic. Like I don't well, even know. They were saying like uh this was I was looking at a Eurogame article and they happened to mention that Call of Duty, which have got Warzone out, which is their free Battle Royale, uh, just past 60 million. So it's like the difference. Between, I know Fortnite's obviously had a bit of a lead on that, but it's still free to play Call of Duty. The difference between 350 million and 60 million, it's like, oh, okay. <laughs> and those are still just like, that's a percentage of the planet kind of number. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's insane. Jesus. Wow, that actually wow. is, isn't it? That's going to be like a. Like a, like, <laughs> like, a, like a number percentage of the total uh, yeah. global population. I don't know what that number is. It's not like a big number, but Jesus, like that's like a, like that's a percentage of people. God, that's insane. I literally just you're got, figuring out that number. Well, no, right I was now. like, how many people live in the UK? Sixty-six million live in the UK. Like that's mm -hmm. more than live in the entire country I live in. <laughs> By so, quite a bit. Your entire yeah. country is your entire country played Call of Duty last month. Yeah, yeah. In terms of numbers, everyone. And, in yeah, it. yeah. Wow. I, well, I mean, gaming across the board is up, right? Like mm. people are playing games, and free free games are obviously going to see the most appeal because there's always a <clears throat> a price point. Uh, games that, that cost money, depending on where you are in the world, will there'll be a price point there? I had a whole conversation about this with a friend recently about. I sat down to play games on Steam and I'm not willing to pay full price for games anymore and I'm a goddamn game developer. <laughs> just uh, not, you know? you're like... Well, it's like I can pay $5 and have a, a game pass with like tons of games. Yeah. And that, just knowing I can do that has pushed down how much I'm willing to pay for games. And now if I see a game and it's not on sale, like I, I see a $20 game and I'm like, mm, I for like, five dollars i can buy this triple a game that used to be sixty dollars it's just pushed the price point down yeah. so far did you see and that? I, we oh go ahead sorry no go ahead i was gonna say did you see that new XCOM game that came out on sale yeah well i mean having a launch discount is pretty normal but i think it was like 50 percent. like that normally mm -hmm. they're like 10 like or five or something aren't they or am i being crazy yeah i just I, saw I it and was like that's a lot <laughs> That it was a lot, yeah. I, I, I'm not sure what happened there. Like, that game was a real... <clears throat> I didn't play it. I watched my boyfriend play it for a bit. I'm really into mm. XCOM, but I've been really busy lately. Uh, the it, the visual style looks very different. It's very cartoony mm. um, or, like, kind of comic book style art. The general 
the gameplay looked really different. I need to dig into it. I don't know enough about that game. But it, it was definitely a, very much a divergence from typical XCOM. Yeah, and it was a really weird launch. Like, it just sort of appeared. And all the people that I know, like, I know a few people that were super into XCOM and XCOM 2. And it came out and they were like, oh, my God, this, this is coming out. And, like, this is so exciting. But, like, how have we never heard of this? Like, it just sort of released. And people, I saw people being like, why is it 50% off? Why have we never heard of it? What is this? Yeah. <laughs> like, well, I mean... It does seem like a weird game. It does seem like they uh, that maybe they were aiming. They weren't very confident for how well it would do. I'm not sure, but I will say, Firaxis always does this. Firaxis mm. has dropped. Um, will give no warning. At massive XCOM updates. Uh, mm. it, it's just part of their style. It's part of their okay. marketing strategy. I mean, they'll they'll advertise the hell out of a game that's going to launch, but for um, the expansions and things like that. They just lean on the fact that we are Firaxis, our audience will buy this game. Mm. And I mean, for, um, yeah, like the, the stealth, the quiet launch is a Firaxis play. It's what mm. they do. Okay. But yeah, to, to get back to your point, like, uh, it's definitely like I'm paying, I got the PC game pass because a friend of mine wanted to, uh, Xbox, uh, game pass, but for the PC, uh, mm-hmm. A friend of mine wanted to play Sea of Thieves, and it's three ninety nine a month. <laughs> like, it's because it says it's in beta, and to be fair, the app sometimes acts kind of weird. But like, still, that is I have like the Master Chief Collection, like Age of M, all the Age of Empires. I have like Sea of Thieves. I have Gears of War five for three ninety nine a month. That feels like a crazy small amount of money. Yeah, it's insane. The that deal is scary good. It's scary. Uh because mm. <clears throat> it can it like it's driven down the price point that I'm willing to pay. And like I said, I'm a game developer. <laughs> I should be way more willing to spend way more money. It's mm. unbelievable. Um it's such a good bargain. And I think they can get away with that now because of the scale, because everybody's playing games. I wonder how well that'll continue in the future. I wonder how much money Microsoft is losing on that. Because you know they're yeah. they're losing money initially. They gotta uh, be, because they're paying. Because mm-hmm. the, the, it's not like the developers are getting particularly shunted or anything. They're like all getting paid up front and given money mm-hmm. for these deals, as far as I'm aware. So it's like, realistically, it's just on Microsoft's end who are currently losing out, if anything. Yeah, I mean, historically, we. <sighs> A lot of six, an uncomfortably large amount of your success as a game developer will have to do with your ability, with your connections mm. to storefronts. Like the, it's the dark reality in our industry that like, if you, the people who are really successful on Steam were the ones that knew somebody at Valve early on, yeah. and now now that anybody can do it it's flooded and it's significantly harder the people that were really successful like the first wave indies were the first games to come out on um indie xbla like back in the day right and those people are rich as fuck and everybody else after that like now i can tell you my numbers releasing on uh just just releasing on the xbox now is not um is part of the idea to xbox program is sure as hell not a uh uh you don't win like you did back then, right? Yeah. It's, it's <clears throat> back then, I remember it was like a crazy. 
downloadable indie games was an exciting novelty to me at that time when mm-hmm. it first came out and you would buy whatever they were pushing on that front page because oh cool and it's only yeah. like 20 to like 20 pounds this is crazy I mean, it was really well curated back then, too. And yeah, I think a was. lot of those games were really good. Whereas now, everything seems to start with being really well curated and devolve into what I... Like, App Store. Like, the lowest common denominator. <laughs> yeah. Well, then when the Switch was that new... never like, started good. <laughs> the Molasses Flood is successful because we were one of the first games on the Switch. There's, it's part of the reason why I uh, launched Kynon Stadia on the Epic Games Store. Because mm. the truth is, being early in one of these services, these platforms or so forth, can... It's like winning the lottery if you can pull it off. Oh, dude, uh, totally. I remember that attach you, rate, like doing retail, was always like when the consoles first come out, people would just come in and be like, I don't even know what this game is, but I'm buying it because it's the game for the thing I've just bought. Yeah, that's that's true too. I don't, I'm don't. i not going to have a game ready for the new console generation. I'm sure the AAA companies are just fighting over that right now. <laughs> yeah, I'm they're sure. on that. <laughs> and, and I'm sure like right now the key... Microsoft is going to be making kingmakers with this, um, with with the Game Pass because if you can get into Game Pass, you have a guaranteed audience. You have mm-hmm. a, a large amount of money from Microsoft and a guaranteed massive audience. And I suspect soon we'll be in a place where we're all pitching to Microsoft to get our games into Game Pass, and that'll be. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know where the world is going, but it's definitely. Uh, how do I put it? There is a. So early on, these services, generally it's frustrating if you're on the outside because there's these gatekeepers that, like, micro. you can't get into Game Pass unless Microsoft lets you into Game Pass. Um, And so you have to know somebody and you have to get past the gatekeepers, and that's frustrating. But also, it means that the service is highly curated. um, Mm. And there's the flip side of the coin where the second you remove the gatekeepers, things become less curated, and before you know it, you're at the App Store. Yeah. You know? Um, Both sides suck. Steam yeah. is trying to, yeah. Steam is somewhere towards heading towards App Store on some kind of trajectory. Jeez, oh, yeah. I mean, if it isn't, if you're not in that new up and coming thing in terms of discoverability, I, how is anyone ever finding anything? Like, I have, <laughs> I have no idea. Yeah. Anyway, I I don't know. Why I went into that tangent. It's it's God. This year is going to be. Is, I mean, this year was always going to be really exciting and weird, but this year is exciting and weirder than possible than I imagined because of the coronavirus. Yeah. I'm curious to see how this changes everything. Like the console generation coming out, the launch lineup for the console generation, are things going to get pushed? I, Microsoft just did their first announcement on the console. They did, and and they're yeah. both currently claiming that 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 you're not going to see any effects like you the consoles are still going to come out on time and you're still going to get the games pretty much on time but yeah the interesting thing about xbox and sony at the moment is microsoft have really dived into how because obviously there's no e3 there's no trade Mm. shows a lot of companies weren't going to be at e3 anyway but i think microsoft have really kind of because they were going to be there uh, but they've successfully pivoted into okay well what are we doing let's make our digital shows where we announce new things every month which has just started they just had one it was pretty cool like it was like uh gameplay with the with the air quotes because it <laughs> they didn't really show a lot of actual gameplay gameplay 
which was interesting. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of trailers that said, you know, the classic representative of final look of <laughs> this bit like, with uh, emulated hardware or whatever the fuck they put. Uh, estimated hardware. But still, they're, you know, they're going for an interesting strategy of delivering content to people to get them excited for this new console generation. And also kind of setting up expectations quite well i think by showing all this stuff because none of the graphics are like crazy like you don't watch it and go it's it doesn't feel like a big leap and personally i feel like we've got to a point with graphics where i'm just like i think they're good now like i think since Mm. (laughs) probably since the end of the ps3 xbox 360 generation like when you were seeing the last of us and grand theft auto 5 i was like that's fine that's enough like, if graphics <laughs> never went any further than this, in terms of fidelity, I'm good. So, they're kind of setting that expectation quite well of, like, this isn't going to be insane. But delving more into the technology that they're going to use, and also explaining how that's going to actually translate to the to you playing the game. Like, the sort of stuff they're doing with input lag on the controller, and refresh rates, and how... Yeah, solid state drives are going to make such a huge difference and stuff whereas yeah sony have kind of they've shown you an image of a controller which is like all right cool it will fit in my hands uh, good good to know i i was <laughs> that was troubling me i was worried it wouldn't fit in my hands but now i know it will <laughs> but um they also had the weird mark cerny hour and a half that was not they even came up front and was like, this was going to be GDC. We're so sorry. You're not going to find this interesting unless you're a developer. But still, yeah, still we sat and then, there and was like, I, but there must be something interesting. And it was like, I felt like I was going to tear my eyeballs out at about 45 minutes. Where I was like, I don't know what he's saying anymore. He's just talking in spells. Like this doesn't Yeah, make I feel like they should have just taken that and worked with GDC and released it as part of GDC's thing. Because yeah. the second they put moved that and put that under the Sony brand and released it on Sony's channel, it set completely different expectations. Mm. I think it they really should have just said, if they had just released it as part, like given it to GDC and let GDC release it, that would have hit their intended audience a lot better. Because you're right, I think that did hurt them. And I, I think it is interesting that they're going for different strategies. Microsoft is going to be in the press a lot more frequently over a lot longer period of time because they're yeah. dripping out content each month. Um which if they have enough content that to keep each one of those monthly updates interesting could work. But I think um, I think like two or three big press conferences, kind of like what Sony is doing. Yeah. Might... Sorry, no, they're, they're not doing monthly. Did I, I, I said monthly, I didn't mean that. The next one I think is in July and then they're doing... Oh. Uh... I thought Microsoft was going to do one every month. I read that maybe, on Gamma Sutra. Maybe they are. Yeah, no, maybe you're right. Sorry, I just mm. rem- I know that they're doing their... They made a point of saying at the end of it that I think it's like end of June or July is when they're going to do their first party game announcements. And then maybe they're doing another one of those inside Xboxes like next month. Although actually next yeah. month is June. So that is monthly. What am I talking about? Yeah. Ne- never mind. I'll cut all this out so it's fine. <laughs> no, it's okay. I mean, I think that's really indicative of the coronavirus. The fact that we've completely <laughs> yeah. lost track... Of the days of the weekend where we are in time. Yeah, like that's, that's, that's June is it's June. That's not next month. We're clearly in March. Like Yeah. <laughs> no, I, dude, yeah. The the coronavirus has got us all jacked. At least for me. Like I've got no concept of time anymore. It's over. No. But yeah, anyway. We'll see how that goes. I think um it's gonna be an interesting year 
for a lot of reasons, though. How do I put this? I, I think the most interesting thing about Microsoft is Game Pass right now. Mm. I suspect hardware hardware sales will be lower than they had hoped because of the decreased purchasing power of a lot of people around the world yeah. and general um, financial anxiety in the world right now. I think it's Probably. a good time to... Yeah, it's a good time to have a, something like Game Pass, which has a lot of value for cheap. It's a good time to have a free-to-play game. It is uh, also like that they are doing... And this did happen on the last console generation, so it's kind of being touted as like a new thing. But like most of the games, their first-party games are 100%, and a lot of the key titles like Madden, like they made a point of showing Madden on this recent thing, are also going to be on the Xbox One. They're all, They're going to work, and they're going to do a thing that, hey, if you buy it there, you'll get it again on the new machine when you buy it, and it will just look a little fancier. So you're still going to be able to buy all these new games Microsoft are making, but they'll just look shinier if you get the new box eventually. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I suspect, I suspect because of that, that's going to just destroy any hope of um, next-gen console sales. But that's actually okay because I think next-gen console sales would be in low no matter what. Yeah, um, right? At this point? Like, that's where I'm yeah. thinking it kind of makes sense where they're like, okay, well... Just we release just these games anyway. <laughs> like, embrace that we're in a recession. Even if yeah. we open up the economy, we're going to be in a recession for a bit here. And oh, yeah. uh, if if we do open up the economy um, and we enter a recession, we're going to have the one-two punch of purchasing power has been decreased, and also people are now out and about and they're not stuck inside anymore. So they're the last thing they're going to want to do is play games, and that's going to occur probably yeah. about Q4 this year, right around when the consoles are going to launch. So I think console sales will be possibly lower this year that's my my napkin math prediction based on the state of the world mm. so speaking of things and things. doing of them what have you been up mm. to gwen fry because i've been checking in on live streams of yours so i've got like loose ideas and obviously there's your discord which i'm on as well and you'll put little updates in there so you're working on a small puzzle game with someone yeah. else actually designing the puzzles at the moment. Am I right? Yeah, I took a break from the larger game I'm working on to make a smaller game. Uh, <laughs> we, I, I just needed to kick something out like relatively yeah. quickly. Oh, I didn't need to. Um, you wanted I just, to, you know, you you have that luxury. To, yeah, like I I wanted to take like a very small amount of time, like. It, I initially thought one month, but it's looking like it's going to be like three or four months but, yeah. and just make something about the state of the world right now. Oh. It, it's, uh, how do I put it? It just felt weird making some, mm, I don't know, man. It feels like the world is weird right now. Mm. The I go outside and it's beautiful outside and it's sunny and bright and stunning and but I can't go out there and when I do go out there everybody's covered in masks and like not making eye contact and just in general this feeling of we're all separately alone in in our houses mm -hmm. in front of our computers and our only interaction with other people is through these computers the fact that I can't talk to people anymore unless it's through a screen uh just the the feeling of the world today is just so bizarre and I just felt like I wanted to make something about it. And so I, yeah, I, um, 
uh, I mean, there was a long story here to how this happened, but in the end, uh, I was talking in Discord with this guy, Lucas, and we started a little game jam, and we're just going to keep picking at it. Uh, and, and it's picked up quite a bit of steam. I'm actually, we ended up making uh, about a three to four hour puzzle game. Uh, <laughs> and we're, uh, like, I'm arting it up now, and I like where it is, and I'm trying to still capture that feeling of being trapped inside of... Of uh, th- I, I want to lean into a lot of different things. I'm still working on the writing, but uh, and and in general what the narrative is. But uh, the idea of um, just what it's like today, being inside, being stuck yeah. in one place, being having the only communication you have is through these computers that are tracking you, that are monitoring everything you do, that are fitting you into a that are fitting you into a profile so, th- so that they can sell you ads. Like the insidious mm-hmm. nature of tech, the fact that everybody we talk to is through tech now, all of these things. I just wanted to, you know, you make a game, you, you put your thoughts and your feelings into it. And that's just sort of what I'm doing right now. And it's fun. The game is a metaphor for what's going on in the world today. And I do want there to be things like polls that where you're giving feedback on the game, but it's actually a metaphor for how you feel about the world and the state of things. And that is going to cool. be in there. I hope that carries all the way to the end. That is a, a, one of the pillars of the game. Does it have a name or anything yet, or is that all still secret? Like, um, I mean, I have a working name. I was gonna call it Your New Normal. That's Ooh. my kind of working name, but we'll probably come up with something better. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. It is pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, I've been, um, I did. I, I've gotten a little way too into it. Uh, I'm not really like set up to to talk about it too much right now. But I've I've gotten like, I like this game a lot. I I've got a lot of different ideas with it, and I'd say like. Uh, I sat down and I was thinking through the narrative and stuff and what I want to, any little secrets I want in the game and different things I want in there. Mm. And it did reach a point where I was like, this is a lot of work and I'm not quite sure. <laughs> I'm not quite sure if uh, exactly how I want to go about. I, I sat down and it was taking me a while to do. And so I thought about if I could bring somebody on to help me out, who would I bring on and, and who would be perfect for that and who could lean into these themes that are important to me, like how the coronavirus is affecting us and Mm -hmm. and how technology is affecting us and how communicating through technology is affecting us and so forth. And I, um, do you remember there was a game I was obsessed with called Eliza? I do. I remember you talking about it. Yeah. So, um, the, the guy that was in charge of that, Matt Burns, uh, it was like his personal work. It was his story and stuff. And uh, he works at Zachtronics. I reached out to him and we got to talking about what I want to do with the game and I sent him a build and he's actually joined. He's going to be doing the nice. the writing. Oh, that's yeah. super cool. So, yeah, so he'll be doing the writing and he's, um, we just had our first kickoff meeting like day before yesterday, so I don't know how this will go yet, but he's interested in exploring the idea of possibly having VO and stuff, making Ooh. it, because uh, there's some jokes in the game and stuff and he, he kind of wants to... He's into uh, he has a lot of background in like recording VO, so we're gonna explore yeah. maybe doing that. Um, That's cool. So yeah, we've actually we've upped the team size to three. Technically, maybe even four because we've um, I have a friend that is extremely good at doing environment stuff, mm. and he owns a, an indie company, and he needs somebody to do player hands, and I need somebody to come in and like spruce up the environment in the uh, Unreal Engine. So we're gonna like, do a little. Yeah, yeah, we're gonna barter nice. time basically. That's good. So yeah. I'm having a, I'm having a really good time. Like I'm just That's having cool. fun right now, yeah. which is good, and it keeps me busy, which is important. Like I just need to stay busy right now. <laughs> we should probably wrap this up though, Gwen. Yeah, um, it's been great chatting with you, Chris Light. 
You too, Gwen. I am excited to see more progress on the game, which are you going to stream much more of that? Well, I don't know. I try to stream at least once a week. So uh, yeah, I'll be streaming it until it's done. And it, it this is a very short project, so it'll be out like within, I, I don't want to make promises, <laughs> but this will be, this will be out. S- sometime. It'll be out. It'll don't be out you? very soon. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, the game's playable beginning to end, so this will be out. Oh, um, wow. Nice. Uh, well, without the narrative and writing and, and well, yeah. a bunch of things I want to put in. So, I mean, not, I don't know. I'm not going to yeah. give you an estimate yet because it depends. Don't worry about it. But people can but come couple, and watch on twitch.tv slash goldfish. Yeah. On twitch.tv slash goldfish. Yeah. But it's been great chatting with you, Chris Light. You too, Gwen. This has been Chris Light and Gwen Frey, and you've been in the dialogue box.